Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this narration of the web novel Burning Stars, Falling Skies, taken from both HFY and Royal Road. The link to the original will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please subscribe, like, and comment so that the great algorithm in all its wisdom decides to help grow this channel. Chapter 22 Gathering Redak's daughters gathered into her home on lament one by one. Katash was the first to arrive, having already been in the city after a meeting with Redak the night before. She greeted Redak cordially, but with anxiety flicking her tail to and fro. They made small talk for a while before Redak realized that her presence was simply agitating her daughter. So she left Katash to review reports on the construction of the new torchship and awaited the rest of her daughters. Pagracht and Dala showed up together, chatting about installation project designed to honor and valor of marines that participated in the anti-Marxist campaign, as well as those who died in the struggle against the invaders. Pinkracht simply greeted her, Threedak, by leaning in and clasping graspers with her, but Darlis lingered a little more, clearly wanting to say something, but instead letting her shyness take advantage of her. Finally, Bakai completed the ensemble. Almost immediately she began peppering Threedak with questions about her health. She deferred all questions until later, a slight smile on her muzzle. Dorma had been right, the smug woman normally was. Even if her daughters didn't know the specifics, they guessed and that they were worried. Well, except Pinkracked. Threedak vaguely suspected that Pinkrack wouldn't notice a missing tail on her part unless she needed Threedak to model for a painting or a sculpture. They deserved to know that she had kept her daughters in the dark for too long. After all, the four of them were the pillars of the Empire rested on. Threedak couldn't be everywhere at the same time, and she had no choice but to rely upon her daughters to rule in her stead. More than that, as much as she had inherited the entirety of the human's memories as opposed to the curated versions she passed on to her daughters, they'd spent a lifetime honing their skills. Much of what Threedak knew was theoretical, based on technical and more social moors of the dead society. Although she was generally more well-rounded and skilled than all of her daughters, each of them was far more talented than her in their specific specialties. Most importantly, she trusted them in a way that she suspected the humans occupying her mind would find perplexing. She knew her daughters as they knew her, and they cared for each other and their race deeply. Even Bakai might be too impulsive sometimes, or Dallas and Kadash might fail to speak up. Threedak trusted their judgment implicitly. Each of them shared her vision of what the Dodge Tall race must become in order to thrive, and all of them were willing to sacrifice everything in order to achieve that goal. She walked into her study to speak to her daughters once more. Dorma was already there, a constant companion these days. Threedak sighed, yet another Dutch doll she leaned on more than she should with little thanks. Dorma might not be her daughter, but over the years she'd become as close as one. It wasn't the same. Dorma didn't feel like immediate family to her. But still, the deep bond of affection was there. Makai stood up as she walked in, prepared to immediately bury her in questions. Threedak raised a grasper, quieting her daughter. There'll be plenty of time for that, my love, Threedak said, 
her voice harsh in her ears. She hadn't taken her painkillers today, and even speaking for a short amount of time was rapidly turning into agony. For now, we need to talk about the shape of things to come. I know you all wish to know about my health. Suffice it to say that I am not well at the moment. Dorma and I will share the details with you later. But for now, we need to chart a course for the Empire. Yesterday, Threenak walked over to the nearby couch and picked up a mug of tea placed in front of it. Already, her throat was beginning to burn, and before long, she would need the liquid. Kadash brought me the still-living invader, and I consumed its memory. As great as the threat seemed from the memories of the humans, it was understated. The invaders refer to themselves as the Vanguard, and they are little more than biological robots, programmed to build infrastructure for their masters and kill any races that might contest their masters' ownership of the galaxy. They aren't taught how to communicate with any species other than themselves and their masters. Threedak took a sip from the steaming mug. There is no need. They've been programmed to dispose of all other races upon encountering them. Humanity was not the first race to be dragged into screaming doom by the Vanguard, and unless we stop them, they will not be the last. The Vanguard set out with four great fleets, Threedak continued, eyes steely as she recounted the stolen memories. Each building and cleansing outward from their master homeworld, the entirety of the human civilization was destroyed by a portion of one such fleet. Worse, she blew the steam of her tea before drinking it once again. There isn't even a target for us to strike unless we wish to travel for almost a century to find their masters. The Vanguard exists as a series of great factory vessels that dwell in deep space, raiding systems to build more ships and then moving on. Even if we defeat hundreds of their battle fleets, it would be nothing but an inconvenience. The Vanguard would simply move on to a new area, rebuild, and attack us once again. How do you fight something like that? Katash asked. Fredak smiled. That was Katash through and through. No time for waiting or panic. Just simple. What do we do next? We turn to Bakai. Fredak nodded towards her other daughter. One system, no matter how heavily industrialized, is insufficient to fight back against an overwhelming might of a vanguard. We will need dozens, if not hundreds, of systems with scanners and early warning outposts looking for their factory fleets in hundreds more. And we turn to Dallas. Three Jack gestured towards Dallas. Humanity was insufficient to even put up a fair fight against the vanguard. The Dutch Tal were too primitive. We must become something more than both if we wish to defend what we have earned. It will be up to you to forge a polity that can span the stars and ensure that we can maintain a drive and unity of purpose necessary to fight the vanguard once they come for us. And Pinkracked. Thedak smiled, noting that her usually distracted daughter was paying proper attention for once. This polity will need myths and legends. Just shared culture and entertainment to keep our people connected, even if the lag between messages from Dodge might be weeks or months. It'll be upon you to prevent this empire from collapsing under the weight of cultural drift. Katash, she addressed her final daughter, your task will be the simplest but most vital. One day, the vanguard will come for us, and when they do, it'll be with the intent to crack open every egg and lay waste to everything that we've created. That day may not come tomorrow. 
or even in the next century, but your duty will be to prepare for that day. When the time comes, I want my daughters leading a unified and prosperous empire, capable of defending its daughters against any aggressor. In the meantime, Threedak finished, there will be other races unaware of the threats that lurk in the dark. If you can educate them on the danger coming for us all, that would be ideal. The Dodge Doll could use some more friends. If you cannot or they do not make our threats honestly, subject races will do it a pinch, even if they gnash their fangs and swing their tails at your remember. They are naught but whelps. Ultimately, conquering them is for their own good. Now that I've spoken my ideas, please let me know your thoughts. For a moment that stretched to an uncomfortably, there was silence as her daughters digested Didak's words. Eventually, Bakai shuffled on her couch and spoke. Mother, she said with an uncharacteristic hesitancy, what you're saying is very final, are you? Enough! Thridak cut her off. Whether it was in pain or her own sense of irritation, the word came off unnecessarily harsh. There'll be plenty of time for such discussion later, Bakai. I know that I've said it before, but the issue of my health will be resolved tonight. Needless to say, the Empire is larger than me. I want our future course charted before emotions and sentimentality cloud our collective judgment. A confederation, Dallas interjected quietly. The distance between worlds will be too great to central rule. It takes almost a month for a ship to travel far enough outside the solar system to safely open a wormhole and return. And that will only be for Dodge's immediate neighbors. Anything further out will take much longer. The only way for the Empire to flourish will be a collection of strong governors ruling each system. Didn't that system fail the humans? Kadash frowned, her brown scales frowning around her muzzle. Eventually, they turned to interstellar corporations because their democracy was too disorganized to actually get anything done. It evolved into constant squabbling and disagreements rather than any form of actual governance. By the time the invaders arrived, the humans were too invested in their corporation's profit figures to organize and put up a proper defense until it was too late. Yes, Dardis agreed, nodding her head as the studied stem light, but we are not humans. I am envisioning a system like the one Mother devised, unitary rule, but with a heavy reliance on the deference and representative advisors. If we make those advisors the actual rulers of their home systems and let them appoint governors to rule in their stead, what will happen? They'll appoint their daughters, Threedak concurred. We all know the bond between a Dodge-style mother and daughter. We literally share the same memories and will. I might disagree with your recommendations, but I could no more betray you than I could my tale. That is simply not in our makeup. The major weakness in the human confederation was that their advisors were largely powerless. Darlis's voice gained strength as she continued speaking. The governors held all the power and ruled their homes as despots. Before long, the senators sent all the central government became little more than a corrupt showpieces and an ineffectual debating society. By the time the senate made any decisions and their edicts were brought back to the governors, they'd already acted. Month-to-month decisions would have to be left to the governors. Darla shook her head. There's simply no other way. But we can centralize all of the race's other goals. 
Our rulers and advisors could be set production goals, manage our military and determine where to invest our collected resources so that we could expand. Any new family lines of governor-senators would be selected centrally to prevent family loyalty from overshadowing devotion to a race and our cause. That could work, Bakai mused. Planning across the empire would be centralized on Dodge, but we could let the various systems handle their problems in their own ways. So long as we made the senators or advisors, whatever we're going to call them, the actual rulers and the governors their representatives that serve as their pleasure, we would centralize all decision-making authority on Dodge. In that case of emergency, they wouldn't have to send dispatches home to wait for an answer. They could simply convene and decide. It's settled then, Threedak smiled tightly, trying to ignore the roaning pain in her chest. Executive authority will solely be invested in Dallas. She will be assisted by advisors representing the various systems as well as major concerns. Obviously, Bakai will represent industry and development, as she has always done. Katash, or her representative, if she is in the field, will speak for the military. Pankrak will be speaking for the art and media. Dorma will represent medicine and public health. Dorma? Pinkrack asked confusedly, but she's our niece rather than your sister. Hushpin, Vekai cut in the confused Dodge doll off. Mother and Dorma have grown close over the years. Even if Dorma isn't an advisor in title, she's been fulfilling that role for long enough. Your head has just been too far in the clouds for you to notice. Oh, Pinkrack cocked her head to side before beaming. Good, Mother had always been so isolated. I'm glad she found someone other than just us to confide in. I have an objection I'd like to voice, Darlis interjected meekly. Why am I the executive? That isn't a task that I'm suited to. You all know that I prefer to act behind the scenes, managing the economy and setting quotas. Rita smiled, remembering years ago when she and Darlis had engaged in the same debate when she joined Katash in the conquest of the surrounding tribes. As much as the complexity and size of the empire had changed, it seemed that her and her daughter's core nature remained unyielding. Nalus, Threedak spoke wistfully. I expect your sisters to shield you from the press, to prevent you from becoming as much of a symbolic ornament as I've become. But you are the only one suited for the task. Bakai is well adapted to her role, but she's too prone to acting on a motion to lead. Katash is intelligent, but the approaches problems very directly, and straightforward solutions aren't always going to get what the Empire needs. As for Pinkrecht, she's too wrapped up in her art. She wouldn't even know where to begin. Look at your sisters. Threedak motioned to the trio of nodding Dutch Tull. You are the only one that objects, whether you realize it or not. You've been more or less filling this role for years. I mediate disputes, but the economy, development, and political makeup of the Empire has always been your handiwork. I know you're hesitant to step into the light and take on that role publicly, but I heard the passion in your voice when you spoke of founding a confederacy. This may be a difficult task for you at first, but ultimately, I believe it will be an enriching one. More than anything, Threedak looked around the room, her eyes misting slightly, when I step back, I want each of you to be happy. Bakai is at home in her factories and labs. Katash simply wants to be the best admiral in recorded history. Dorma cares about the health and well-being of all. And Pinkrack only cares about producing more art. 
Deep down, I know that you need to be in control of the levers that control the system, Darnus, even if you can't voice that to yourself. I just know you wouldn't be happy otherwise. Just accept it as one of my final edicts if it helps you come to terms with it. Darnus opened her mouth to respond, but ultimately closed it. She hung her head, unable to make eye contact with Thredak or her sisters as her tail flicked contemplatively. Now, Thredak continued, reaching out her hand into the carrying bag, she carried it slung across her shoulder and stroking a lump of metal and plastic that lay within. Is there anything else that we must address before moving on to the topic of my health? There is one thing, Katash stood up from a couch, grass was formally clasped behind her back. I would like to speak of the invaders' construction project after we remove them from the system. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you enjoyed the story, please follow the link down below and let the author know. If you wish to support this channel, you can do all the usual YouTube gumph, like subscribing, following, and more importantly, sharing. All of these things do help the channel grow. If you wish to do more, there are links for donations, Patreon, and channel memberships as well. And until the next time, I hope that you all have a wonderful one. I will see you in the next video. Cheers.